0: Hey, everybody, this is Race Day. I'm Corey Lejoy, and this is Spare Change right here on Stag and Pennies. We're going to get into a little bit of the hot topic lately. Uh, as we heard on the pit box, uh, in between car and pit box, communication at Nashville, it can get a little bit spicy, that crew chief driver relationship. And I just wanted to give you all a little peek behind the curtain, a little peek under the headset, if you will, Chuck. It's one of the hardest relationships to cultivate. And you could talk about your marriage, you could talk about your wife, but like you are committed to your wife, right? Like it's a, it's an easy thing to, not easy, marriage is hard, but like you, you know that you're going to go back and they're going to be there and you can have dinner like, and there are feelings involved, but when you are in a competitive pressure pack scenario, Dude, your crew chief driver relationship is one of the hardest ones out there, and everybody read all the stories on Chad Canales and Jimmy, right? Some of the uh, what? What are some of the other ones? Dale and and Richard Petty, like those guys, are the epitome of what on a public forum, two guys pushing for greatness. Sometimes you're always not going to see eye to eye on the same, on the same, uh, you know, the same topic. So uh, that's definitely been something we've been talking about this week. Uh, behind the scenes so what do you think about the old driver crew chief relationship it's so it's it's very important but
1: it cannot be forced it has to be natural and and it can be worked on and built over time but i've seen you know very you know very unlikely situations like i I think everybody said kyle larson and cliff wouldn't get along And, and i've also seen situations like darian Grubb winning the championship and being fired like i did not understand that either and you know was it personality conflicts i'm not really sure but you know, it, it's pretty clear to see that once he was gone, Tony didn't do as well. So there's situations like that throughout the sport. And I think you look back even at, like, documentaries about Tim Richmond we got with Harry Hyde. And the right people, like I said, you you don't have to be from the same place. You don't have to be best friends.
2: You can be two totally different people, but you have to be able to win together. How many legendary combos, I mean, from, like, 95 up? I mean, there's a handful. Like, obviously, Jeff and Ray... Tony and Zippy, Chad and Jimmy, like.
0: Yeah, man, you can even look at, you know, Joey, Paul, Wolf right now. Um, Cliff Cliff, and Kyle are going to be around for another 10 years. Alan Gustafson and Mark Martin. Alan Gustafson and Chase Elliott. Yep. You know, like guys that are solid are are Dan, Rodney Childers and Kevin Harvick. You know, like those guys that are making a long-term career of it have figured each
1: other out. Was it Junior Johnson's team with Daryl Walter where they hired like the all-stars of the sport? They hired everybody, yep. like, all the best guys. They went out and got them, and it was a complete failure.
2: Yeah. Because there's too, there too many chiefs. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. DW's talked about that. Well, Oh, yeah. Well, we used to do this over at so and so. We used to do that over here. Like, it doesn't, the same recipe doesn't work yeah. with, you know, different types of ingredients. No doubt.
3: One of the things that uh, when Janie and I were talking earlier in the week about, this spare change episode and this this topic in general yeah you've got the crew chief driver communication but what else is happening on the pit box during the race like how is all of that data getting interpolated 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 yeah interpreted that's right interpolated interpreted yeah and and passed on to you the driver or to you on on the wall getting ready to go over like
0: what's going on and how does that flow work well there's two different radio channels there's one channel Channel 1 that only I can hear, right? So only the crew chief and spotter are coming through Radio 1 or Channel 1. Channel per NASCAR two. rules. Yeah. Per NASCAR rules, you're only allowed to have one with the driver. With the driver. So Channel 2 is what everybody else can hear as well. When the crew chief's talking to the pit crew on whether they're doing 2-4 adjustment, whatever the case may be, tire guide, take a pound of air out of the right rear, whatever it is, or even crew chief spotter dialogue if they see something on SMT that they want the spotter to relay that'll be on channel two right so they have their own means of communication and then they have to just decipher if it's productive they're gonna let the driver know or if it's not then they're gonna keep it on channel two and then figure out a different plan uh, so yeah that's that's another reason why you feel like you're on your own island because you know people are talking about it on the other channel
2: what do you think I mean when when there are big disagreements like Bubba had, with the crew and with Booty in particular. What goes on on channel 2 is is the crew chief and the spotter talking to figure out how to calm him down or usually I mean obviously it's driver by driver but in in your experience you know with the headset on the entire race what what's going on on channel 2 when those disputes happen
1: in a healthy situation? Yes. It is okay, how do we calm him down? Let's keep him calm here. Explain this to him, you know, and if if he says, "Hey Booty, don't talk to me the rest of the day." Say, have booty say, okay, he talks to Freddie on channel two. Hey, Freddie, tell him this, try to calm down, try right. to let him know how important it is that we talk the rest of the day in a unhealthy relationship, which there's plenty of them out there and you hear about them every week. It's just do whatever you got to do to get this guy to quit bitching. Right. And that happens even at this level, there are egos and things that take over on channel two that slip up and come off on channel one every now and then. Yeah. And, and it is, it is, that is a sign of an unhealthy
3: race team. And I haven't been a part of one, but I hear about it weekly. So take a, take a healthy race team and take a, a race like last week in Nashville where you've got red flags, temperature changing, and all that stuff. What's going on on top of the pit box, or like looking at the weather, looking at temperature changes, how that's going
0: to affect the car? What's going on there? Well, the driver can go, I can go look at SMT, so I can go lay myself over. When uh, you say SMT, just for fans that don't necessarily know what that is, Well, it's essentially when they watch the broadcast and they watch those two cars overlay each other, there's that as well as uh, I can see anybody else's throttle and brake and steering chases. uh, And they can overlay my car versus theirs or my car versus Denny Hamlin's. You can pick whoever car you want to and compare lap for lap on the little nuances that somebody else's uh, driving style is or what their car is doing different. Uh, so I'll go I'll go look at SMT and see what I think I need to balance or to make my car, make me be able to do driving the corner a bit deeper, getting the gas a little bit harder, or use a little less brake. Uh, I'm doing that while also talking to Sparks about all right, what this is the direction the car is trending. This is how it's behaving now. Uh, and then try to figure out a game plan, how to get there. And then you're in there at the hauler with, with the crew chief engineer. Uh, sometimes a spotter can pop in there, uh, but yeah, you're trying to get a game plan together at, at, and that's interesting to see the teams that go from really good before the break they fall behind from some guys that made some better uh, adjustments over the course of the breaks but yeah it's uh man the that relationship of having just a healthy culture uh definitely presents itself as the teams that consistently win and with guys uh who had been with you know lesser caliber teams I don't, we don't even name names it's obvious to see that when they get plugged into a a team with a great culture, then they ultimately succeed because they have the right people around them. Well, if you look at Cliff Daniels, right? He was, what,
3: car chief on... He was engineer. Engineer on, yeah. on... Jimmy's car. He was my friend, too,
1: but now he doesn't answer my text messages.
3: Cliff Daniels, engineer on the 48. So he's learning under Chad, and they're learning that communication and how they're talking. Like, to me, that's, that's sort of the... Watching that type of stuff develop, it's like you don't hear about that
0: as much until... They're successful. Right. You, you don't see it when, you know, Cliff and I are sitting at Viva Chicken and he's crew chiefing for, for Jimmy Johnson saying this is his dream job and he hates, like, you know, like, it blows because he can't get his hero to win a race. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, the the lull of that is making the highs in the championship, that they 10 races and plus the all-star race and the championship last year. It's like Cliff Daniels just not did not wake up and find himself as an elite winning crew chief or an elite. Uh, you know, championship winning crew chief. Like, it's been a grind for him mentally as well as just just drudging the, the garage uh, and, and being in the right place at the right time and taking opportunities.
1: He's also the guy that probably won Jimmy his seventh championship because he talked Chad Knowson to making the car work on the bottom because he knew it was going to be a late-race restart that won Homestead, and no one knows that. And see, that's right? that's no the type of stuff that, that
3: I'm talking like on Like, yeah. in the game, during the race, that type of conversation, how that's playing out.
1: Yeah, there I, I there's you have an engineer at the track and there's roster limits. So you travel a lot less people. We used to travel twenty, twenty five people to the racetrack. We'd have backup tire changers and jack men that would set the pit boxes up for us and I would just glue lug nuts, they would run tires, they would do everything. Now we have five guys for the pit crew that travel. And the road crew they've limited that and you only bring one engineer now. You spring two engineers. Um now you have, you know, one engineer at the track and then you have more people back at the shop that are on live time with you that are they are listening to other teams, trying to figure out their play calls. They're they're trying to figure out strategy, and and there's tools that you don't even know they have. Like we've touched on in here, you know, there's there's tools that help you call the race that tell you what your shortest amount of time is going to be, and there's tools that tell you when you pit, how likely you are to be in traffic or not, how like you how clean your in and out laps are going to be. So, there there are a lot of tools that we don't even know about.
0: Plenty of strategy to be had. This weekend at Road America, fuel is always a strategy, as well as guys flip flopping stages. And you can listen to all that behind the scenes chatter on channel one and channel two. If you download the NASCAR app, make sure you go download that. You can listen to me. You can listen to Ryan. You can listen to Ryan Blaney. You can listen to anybody you want to. Or right. MRN if you want to listen you to You listen MRN. to MRN. You can listen to NASCAR officials. You can do whatever. And when you listen and you don't know what they're talking about, you listen lead to Santa us. Pennies.
1: Hashtag Penny for
0: your thoughts. And we'll answer your questions here. I love that. Right here, Spare Change, or on Wednesdays, Stacking Pennies, as you guys know it and you love it. Thanks for tuning in. USA right here, 3 o'clock.